We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, the Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. What is going on, Rotor Grinders? It's 9 o'clock on a Wednesday night, uh, hump day. We made it. This is week 17, the information slate. They're all information slates, but this one specifically is the information slate. It's the NFL Pick 6 show. I'm Dean, your host, Dean seventy nine on the DFS circles. Uh, with me are the two hosts that have been here all year, all year long. Uh, the analysts, I'm just... I stepped in mid, uh, you know, in the middle, middle of the season, three quarters You're of the an way. analyst, too. You are an analyst, too. You yeah. are the Dean. Well, there you go. Well, yeah, it just, it just sort of works out that way, I suppose. That was the voice of Rich Rebar. Uh, you guys know him from Sharp Football Analysis, one of the sharpest uh, football minds in all of uh, DFS and all of fantasy football and all of Twitter. Uh, Rich, we made it. It's, uh, it's week 17, the information slate where we don't have a lot of information on a Wednesday, so this will be fun. It, it always is. Week 17 is always weird. It, it's kind of a half mass week, but, you know, we, we make the most of it. We get to play guys we never would have played, uh, you know, throughout the course of the years. Uh, fun players sometimes. Sometimes they're terrible players. It, it, it kind of goes and oscillates back back and forth. I've played some really garbage plays in week 17 before, but, you know, I've played some garbage plays in week four before, too. So we're going to ride this train uh, one last time on a full slate because it's the last full slate we get until week one of next year so we'll make the most of it yeah we may or may not be back next week for the six gamer which should be a lot of fun stay tuned on that uh hey like and subscribe subscribe get notifications you'll be you'll be known uh, it'll it'll tell you it'll pop up on your phone pop up on your laptop pop up on your on your youtube hey and youtube uh, chat where we could see you well, what's up if you have any questions we'll do our best to dabble to it but uh i don't know i can't make any promises it's week 17 what do you want us to talk about hey it's uh it's john daigle uh he's kicking back on grandpa's cough medicine or it's the the wine what, what are we drinking there john it's wine. It's admittedly nothing fancy, like a $12 bottle, but this is, it's Wednesday night. This is the third show I've drank during the week because it's week 17. Like who, we're done. We have our notes. Like we're done with the big content. This is it. Like we made it. I, I, there were actually times this year where I did not think we were going to make it. And alas, we are here and I'm excited to talk about it. Also, so I can throw this out in the ether. We were talking pre-show. You know, it is called the pick six, by the way. And there yeah. are six games next week. So Cam and Cal, I know you are listening. I know you like the Daigle voice and the Reeves voice and the Dean voice. Uh, we're here. That's all I'm saying. We're here for next week if you need us. Yeah, that's going to be fun. And like we were, we were saying, is it first time ever we're going to have a six game? Yeah, because of the extended, you know, seven teams obviously making it instead of six and only one bye. So uh, yeah, it'll be fun for sure. And, and that's kind of the, it kind of leads into the, 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 the week 17 slate because we keep saying, you know, I keep saying information slate and it's all about motivation, motivation and opportunity. And, you know, it, there's a person named, what's this, uh, John Wolford. Well, actually, that's because of injury. He's playing quarterback yeah, for, the, for the Rams this week. Uh, you know, Chad Henney, of course, is quarterbacking the Chiefs. Uh, there's going to be more information trickling on through throughout the week, and we're going to do our Matt best. Chris to... Traveler. Who is that? Is that? I've never heard of that person. That's a person? You're robbed. Robbed of Traveler. He's 4,700. I was just going to jam the slate in with Traveler. I don't watch a lot of college football, so I don't know. I don't well, know that oh, name. this is a he... man. 
he 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 was from the CFL. Yep. Oh, why He's, are we playing Chad Henney? We know what was, he is. It was CFL across from the AAF. Like all the worlds were about to unite in week 17 as they should. But alas, Kyler's good. That's unfortunate because Kyler's, the Kyler's actually a good player. We want Strebler. I think it's Wolford of Wall Street is still in play if you want to go that low. <laughs> He's an he, doesn't have, <laughs> he doesn't have Cooper Cup, unfortunately. So we're running out of bullets here. But uh, I'm intrigued because the Wolford of Wall Street can move. He can he can he can get out of his own way a little bit. He's got some legs. He, he ran for 1,200 yards his final two years at Wake Forest. They're going to rerun into bootlegs like they don't do at Jared Goff anymore. Uh, he's going to be on the move. Uh, it's just going to be, you know, no, no Cooper cup. That, that's just not a big play passing offense, which is unfortunate. Uh, so it might be more of like a nursing along the lines. Uh, but I wanted Strebler. I was I bet, in on Strebler. I bet he's better outside of the pocket than golf, to be honest. <laughs> can, can Wolford live up to that? Nick, that's a phenomenal nickname. He can't live up to that. That's too good of a nickname for the player. He is right. I or mean, he, he played. No, in the he's, AF. Pretty, he's, he's probably mean. pretty bad. Uh, yeah. <laughs> You just was pretty bad, to Street, as, as the one person who watched the AAF with uh, Reeser Island and Demontre Moore leading in sacks, um, I can tell you that Wofford is not bad, but you know, in NFL speaking levels, probably relatively. I think McVeigh can make it work. Uh, I think it's one of these situations, but it's not going to be like an excitement. It's not going to be like I don't, I don't know. If there's a lot there. There's probably not a ceiling there. But we've got you know he's forty nine, I think. Uh, Rudolph is 43. Uh, I don't know what Henny is, but, you know, they're all cheap if you want to go to him. Well, it's a question of how tight the cap's going to be, and it's a question we really can't answer on a Wednesday night because there's going to be tons and tons of information pouring on through throughout the week. So if you're listening to this on a Thursday or a Friday, like, we're talking about that guy. He is already out. Hey, this is what this is the information we have. It's basically the first. Yeah. It will not be tight. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think it will be either, which makes me think we probably don't need – as fun as that nickname is – the Wolford of Wall Street. Like it's going to be, we'll, we'll talk position by position at the end of the show or the back half of the show. What we do here, the pick six. If you guys are here for the first time, where have you been? It's week 17. We talk about three main games. And after we branch out for the three main games, you go position by position. Anybody it's not talked about as far as, uh, you know, the three games we're going to hit on. And we're, it's kind of two and a half. We'll, we'll, we'll discuss it. The third game we're not even fully confident with. And then we'll have a whole main slate conversation. But we got to start. Well, uh, Dagle, let's start with Tennessee at Houston. Seven and a half as far as, uh, Houston seven and a half point dogs here. Tennessee's a plenty of motivation. And again, that's the key. I want the players that are we know are going to be on the field, the ones that will have motivation for playoff ramifications. Of course, Tennessee does. Uh, 56 is a total. And if it's a loose cap, if we have the money, like how do we not play King Henry against It's week 17. You would think we could find the money. But there's still, in my opinion, the big picture outlook here, something fishy going on because the Titans team total is the highest on the entire slate and only increasing. The total overall in this game is the highest on the entire slate. And yet the Texans sit there at a measly 23 and a half points, despite the fact that Deshaun Watson's having a career year, despite losing DeAndre Hopkins, despite losing his coach, despite losing Will Fuller. Like he just keeps on churning along. And the Texans are just right there. And I think it may be because something behind the scenes perhaps somebody knows something that we don't in Watson getting that injury last week and basically Tim Wakefielding his way to the fourth through the fourth quarter and throwing knuckleballs um but Tim Wakefield wow but we should not we should not be though afraid I will say that about the Titans defense if Watson's healthy because just like what we've seen from Rodgers last week what we've seen historically this year um the Texans if healthy can mow through them the Titans offer no pass rush no coverage ability nothing at all and on the other side of the ball which makes it interesting is that last week was pretty much the first time we've seen the titans fail on offense across the board nothing at all from Tannehill, who just completed 46 percent of his passes for five yards per attempt nothing at all from derrick henry practically who got game scripted out and even Corey davis literally nothing in the box score so <laughs> it's a it's a spot i want to get back on especially for the titans because all can secede here it's a running joke because Derrick Henry's 223 yards shy of 2,000 yards. And you think that's far. You think that's a lot, but it's possible. I mean, Samaj Pirine and Giovanni Bernard just combined for five and a half yards per carry on 29 carries and just went over 100 yards receiving together against this Texans defense. And now you get the big dog coming into town. So I genuinely, I hope Reeves can dwindle it all down because I like all the options here. Yeah, so Rich, uh, I don't know if you caught that, but we got Tim Wakefield reference, 
Yeah. You got a Parks and Rec <laughs> reference. Can you see that and raise it? Do you have an R.A. Dickey in your back pocket? What do you have? Uh, as far... <laughs> How yeah, can no, you no. Phil Necro. I know. I mean, I'm out of knuckleball. Tom Candiotti. Uh, I'm out of, out of, out of knuckleballers. Uh, we're, running, we're running low on the knuckleballers. Uh, yeah, I mean, listen, it's one last week to jam King Henry in, and then one last week to play the passing game is leverage spots. It's funny is when you look at Derrick Henry's, like, monster games, Ryan Tannehill does not suck in them. You know, you would think there'd be like a really negative correlation to where Henry's ripping off these 200 yard games and Tannehill just isn't be, isn't productive. That's not the case. I mean, even when these first two teams played, Derrick Henry had 264 yards from scrimmage in that game. And Tannehill threw for four touchdown passes, 282 passing yards. Uh, you can go just go up and down the box scores where Derrick Henry has had these huge games and Tannehill typically has a good game with him. Uh, so, I mean, there's, a, there's clear leverage, even with Derrick Henry getting off and like producing a high game that the, the Titans passing game offers a high upside still here too. I mean, this defense, this Houston defense just allowed Brandon Allen to throw for 370 yards and 10 <laughs> yards per pass attempt. I mean, there's no way that I'm not going to go and play a bunch of these guys in the passing game just because they can't stop anybody. What I mean, about the, year, the JJ Watt, the JJ Watt uh, speech, the post game, um, how great the fans are in Houston. You think that's going to motivate them for weeks? They're going to all get up now for this game or they're probably not. All not I much. heard for, for, out of JJ's Watt is how insane it is to be a fan. That's all I heard. I was like, like, why would anyone be a fan? Why are you here? Uh, <laughs> but I digress. It's a whole different topic. Uh, whatever colors you cheer for, I salute you. Stick true, I guess. Uh, but, you know, you look at A.J. Brown, the last three, he's played three career games against this team. Well, first of all, Houston's allowing the most points per game to opposing wide receiver ones in the NFL, 19.7 per game. A.J. Brown's had his way with them all three times they played. He's had a touchdown in all three games, over 100 yards twice, two touchdowns the last time that these teams played when they were healthier and they had Bradley Roby and they had uh, Justin Reed. You know, it's this defense is just a sieve. I want to play everybody. Corey Davis has turned into new Marvin Jones. I mean, just look at his past like six to eight games. It's one week as like the wide receiver five and the next week he's the wide receiver 80 then he's the wide receiver one then he's the wide receiver 50 then he's the wide receiver eight and then he doesn't even score any points it's just you know you just, just hop on for the ride and know what you're going to get a bunch of volatility uh because there's not a volume to go around even john who had a season high you know target share last year uh and when these teams played the first time i mean johnny left the game earlier but if we want to transit a property Ferksers eight for 113 and a touchdown uh you know the everyone everyone got a piece uh like they wanted me to dwindle it down i did not do a good job because everyone's in play uh, because the Cincinnati Bengals looked like the Kansas City Chiefs against this defense a week ago. Yeah. Uh, okay. So this is DFS, uh, Daigle. People love to run back. Run it back. Who do we run it back with on, on Houston? Is it is it Brandon Cooks? Is it QT? Or is it just Onslaught? What are we doing here? So obviously it comes down to if Watson's healthy, but either, and if it's Watson's not healthy, maybe you don't even skinny stack. You just go Henry and call it a day. But we've seen in their last three games together now, uh, no, the last two games, I'm sorry, that Brandon Cooks has played with these guys without Will Fuller. And it's Cooks, actually, who still has a significant target share, 17 targets and a 24% share, two, oddly enough, David Johnson's 20% and Kiki QT's 17%. David Johnson, I think, is really interesting. Of course, it literally, literally only comes down to Duke Johnson's health. Is Duke Johnson out or not? That's all you need to look for. And I believe he was limited on Wednesday. So you can pay attention. But there was a full takeover last week, I will say, where he played 50 of 52 snaps, saw 100%. Every single one of the team's carries and running back targets, and he ran a route on 87% of Deshaun Watson's dropbacks. So being used more. We talked about it last week, how we did not believe in his 11 targets, I believe it was, sticking around. But the fact is he still was used as a pass catching back heavily last week. So I think he's very interesting, especially if we see them fall behind and keep everyone on the field only in a come from behind mode. But if you ask me one receiver, I think we've seen pretty much when healthy, it's still Brandon Cooks. And then to a lesser extent, Kiki QT. Chad Hansen is definitely running routes, but he's coming very close to Chris Hogan, the exercise mm. award. It's too late to claim Reeves' exercise award. The mantle, the room is already built. It's in the back in front of the air yards, the prayer yards room. But nonetheless, uh, Chad Hansen is doing his best right now. He's doing your bit right in front of you, Reeves. Uh, by the way, I should have mentioned it. I called it the Reeves. 
I'd never yeah. take his bit. He, he gave you the homage. He gave you the homage. And uh, yeah, I, I should have mentioned at the top of the show, my, my voice, uh, my mic is, uh, it's coming off a little teeny. So uh, my, apologize, uh, my, <laughs> my apology for that. Uh, and I learned the word teeny about 17 minutes ago. There you go. It's a Thoris. Thank you. Devin, our producer. I appreciate that. Um, can, you, can you top that there, Rebar, as far as runbacks on Houston? Are we just kind of sort of forcing it? Is there anybody you're excited about outside of just correlation or, uh, you know, Reeb's basically covered it? No, yeah, yeah, he's got it pretty much covered. I think you could pick any of those guys, and it's fine, especially if Watson's playing. And then you, obviously you can just play Watson and Henry. You know, you could run it back with Watson himself if you're if you're you know a Henry stacker. Uh, so I mean, there are a lot of options here. I mean, it doesn't this game this game total is just bonkers when you think about these games uh, in totality. Uh, the Texans are still out there playing and you know at least you know running around and, and doing things. Uh, and then this is a must-win game for the Titans. They can backdoor their way in with a loss still if the Ravens, Colts, or Dolphins one of those teams loses. But I don't think that they're going to really be you know play they're not going to be playing to, to lose this game on any level so mm-hmm. i think they bounce back and always we always love when teams like flatline too and getting getting back on the getting back on the horse they were in a prime time game uh and just and just dropped the ball in front of everybody and you know so i mean we're all, we always love that when it, when a team fails on prime time that we know has been a good offense all year and we can just come right back and do a prime spot against a defense that isn't even you know functional right now and just come back and put up a bunch of points it's uh, week 17, so I'm also allowed to veer. And I will say, Corey Davis, next year in drafts, in week one DFS, it's going to depend entirely on his landing spot and who he plays around. Because this year, we've seen that A.J. Brown has unlocked Corey Davis. And don't let the talking heads tell you otherwise. It's strictly because uh, Corey Davis is literally playing with A.J. Brown, who takes coverage away from him now. And if he ends up being like the number one in a quote-unquote contract year emergence on another team next year, that's someone we can easily avoid in fantasy, in my opinion. Can I veer for a second? You mentioned uh, Corey Davis and where he's going to be next season. Alan Robinson, where does he go? Anybody have any hot takes? There. He's no, you think so? I, I'd actually, I don't think so. They're going to tag him. There's no way. He's okay. Okay. Oh, well, yeah, just, there's no yeah. way he's signing. He's not agreeing. Yeah, they're going to tag him. There's no way. <laughs> uh, just buy yourself another year, I suppose. Yeah, I, I, I didn't think of that route, but yeah, for sure, that can be it as well. Fuller, uh, you Fuller, Fuller, I think is back for sure in an extension. Um, I think Juju is gone as well. It, they don't. It doesn't seem like they care about him at all. No, it doesn't seem that he, it's, he's fallen. He's fallen back pretty quickly there uh, with Claypool and Johnson. Um, but yeah, we talked about Tennessee, thirty-one point seven five as far as the team total. It's tied with Indianapolis. The two highest team totals on the slate was something I probably would. Well, Indy's playing Jacksonville, so that's kind of sort of not a surprise. Let's pivot to game two, another game that matters. That's the most important thing for us. Uh, you know, if you want to walk down narrative street, Aaron Rodgers, I think he basically kind of sort of has the MVP locked up and you know, he closed hard. Mahomes kind of stumbled at the finish line. He's not playing week 17. What have you done for me lately? Mahomes not good. Uh, and Aaron Rodgers obviously, obviously shining of late. Uh, game that matters, 52 total. Green Bay, 28 total as far as their team side. Five points uh, advantage as far as uh, the Vegas perspective against the Bears. Probably some weather there, but that doesn't matter with Rodgers. He's used to that as far as playing his home games in Green Bay. Open it up for us, Reeves. I feel like Rodgers is the safest quarterback probably this week. Uh, I don't know if I could fit him in necessarily, but we probably can because, you know, value is coming. Unlike the last game, this is a dual-sided. Both teams are going to be playing to win this game. Uh, Mm -hmm. You know, Packers can lock up the one seed with a win. The Bears obviously have to win to get in. you know, they, they need a Cardinals. They can get into the Cardinals loss too, but the way that game is trending, I don't think anyone's really counting on that at this point with Kyler looking like he's going to play and then Cooper cup now looking, well, he is out. But the Wolf sure of Wall Street, I was, I was told. Yeah. yeah. The Wolf of Wall Street. I don't know, man. I think the McVay might make it happen against Cliff. I mean, McVay versus Cliff is definitely worth some points uh, in the Rams <laughs> favor. Uh, absolutely. 100%. But, but like I said, both teams are going to be playing this game to win it, obviously. So we don't have a lot of those on the board. It's either one-sided or we've got some teams that would have been like the, that we assume would have wanted to win like the bills and the Steelers, but it looks like both those teams are not going to be going down that road. Rogers is one touchdown pass short of his career high. So he needs two to break that, uh, you know, red ass Rogers doing this this year is the most Aaron Rodgers thing too, to the Packers. Like it's so amazing that they use this first round pick and uh-huh. he just comes out and is going to have arguably his best NFL season after he was basically Andy Dalton for the previous four years. Like really, really was. And there was no way around that. It just came back and has just, just set out the, the league ablaze this, this season. And, 
the schedule's been extremely amazing for the Packers so far. And I think that's why everyone's still holding out what's going to happen to this team in the playoffs because, you know, they, they really haven't punched up. They beat, that was, that was the second team they beat with over 500 record last week. And they've only faced like two legitimate defenses all year in the Buccaneers and the Saints. Uh, so I think people are still kind of like waiting for that other shoe to drop. They're no, they don't really want to go all in. And I think that's just the NFC in, in totality that there's just not a clear team. Anyone really, really, really wants to back. Uh, but I expect Rodgers to close this game strong. The Bears have allowed multiple touchdown passes in seven of their past eight games. Uh, Rodgers threw four touchdowns against them the last time they played. Devontae Adams, uh, early in the season, I caught some flack when I called him the Christian McCaffrey of wide receivers. Uh, how's that looking now? Uh, you know, caught 11 of uh, 12 Oh, yes, victory. Last I love it. Burn it down. <laughs> uh, the, uh, the past 21 games Devontae Adams Incredible. played, he has 24 touchdowns. He has not Unreal. scored a touchdown in just six of those games. His past 21 games played, 20 for a wide receiver. Like, this is some mid-80s Jerry Rice shit. Like, 24 touchdowns in 21 games. It's like, we're talking like Randy Moss. And like, Michael Thomas was stacking catches last year. Marvin Harrison, a season where he stacked catches. Like, when you're just all out, the only dude on your team, and you can just get in the box every week. I mean, this is, this is crazy, man, the, the numbers that Devontae Adams is putting up. So obviously we know where the he's is. I mean, they're so easy to play Rogers. Who do you pair him with? Cool. Not big Bob. Uh, so, I mean, it's, <laughs> it's pretty easy uh, on that side uh, to, to just know what we want to do with the Packers. And you guys talk about just someone getting free fingers crossed. Aaron Jones gets free and someone wants to use him as a three down back while he's still in like somewhat has some apex years left in him. Well, I mean, I was, is he a free agent because they have Dylan yeah. and running backs are super replaceable. So why would they pay for Jones? I don't know. Like, he's fine. He's good. But, I mean, I don't know what their cap situation is. But isn't Dylan essentially the running back of the future there? I mean, you would think uh, their their agent has said a couple times now that he's been in negotiations for a long-term deal for Aaron Jones. But we're in week 17, and despite that happening since August, nothing has come about it. You haven't heard anything about them budging and getting closer towards an extension because, I mean, A.J. Dillon's been right there. And I know he went away for a little bit because of the COVID list. Um, apparently has some COVID fog lingering, but that wasn't the case. I mean, we saw just last week how he just absolutely dominated um, over Aaron Jones, who, of course, missed uh, a portion of the first half with that hip injury. But Dillon was still amazing. And now on a limited sample, Dimmel was, uh, Dylan has actually avoided 18 tackles on only 47 touches. Basically been PFF's most elusive running back in that span on the few touches he's gotten. And so now if you can imagine him getting more touches, like Reeb said, I don't think he's the premier play on this slate because we know it's going to be Aaron Rodgers going for that MVP award, just stamp of approval. It's already won, but just getting this done right now with Allen and Mahomes practically out the way in week 17. And then Devontae Adams, we know where the ball is going to go. We thought it could be Alan Lazard, but even playing an increased number of snaps, we saw Alan Lazard is still just another ancillary piece that may hit, but he's just a lottery ticket. That's it. Um, and then, yeah, if, if that's the case and they, they knock this game out early, which is remember what happened the last time they played the Bears. I know Trubisky's numbers looked good, but Trubisky was basically a fourth quarter option who got all of his yardage, half of his yardage through the air and two of his three touchdowns in the fourth quarter when they were already trailing 41 to 10 in that game. So you would think the Packers just, again, put this one away. And if that's the case, maybe it is a second half DFS option for A.J. Dillon, who I would think in that case relieves Aaron Jones to keep Jones fresh for the playoffs. All right. Uh, Chicago, again, like you guys talked about, as far as going all out, they have to win to get in or they need some help from uh, the Wolf the Wolford of Wall Street. There you go. Uh, so if that's <laughs> unlikely, I guess I suppose that's possible. Sure, why not? So uh, you'd assume Montgomery will be on the field, I mean, almost 100% of the snaps. He will continue uh, doing his best to dominate. Uh, he's been a great fantasy player for the last, like, two months, basically. Had a, had a really clean schedule, too. And it, it, just like Green Bay, like Chicago, it's really, really clear, Daigle, as far as, like, who the targets. Uh, you know, Green Bay, it's about Adams. It's about Jones. Chicago, it's about Robinson and Montgomery. And that's it. Like, of course – there are ancillary pieces that can kind of sort of jump in there and steal touchdowns and things like that. But if you like a game stack, you want yourself a game stack and two teams that are motivated with a fairly high total, this is where it's at. And in since week 12, when Montgomery emerged, this quote unquote RB1, even though I guess if we are doing 
RB finishes. He is an RB1 technically, uh, even though we know it's all coming against the schedule. We're not going to be fooled going through the offseason. But he still has gotten 18 targets in that span the last five games. Uh, and so, yeah, that that's literally the stacking options. I believe – didn't he even have a receiving touchdown in this game against the Packers in the fourth quarter? It was inside the five, I believe. They ran a screen for him, and he just waltzed right in because they were up 41-10. to 10. They didn't even care. They didn't even try to stop him. So, yeah, that's that's the options. Like you said, Dean, it is literally Trubisky, Allen Robinson, and David Montgomery. You can chase the prairie yards for all these other guys who <laughs> I think are talented players all you want, but from Trubisky – who they may even, if you want to veer again, who it sounds like, I do believe, because they are a short-sighted organization, are going to run it back next year. Um, hopefully they at least bring in some competition. But if they just do Nick Foles and Trubisky again, I mean, my God, we already know the result. Either way, though, it is Robinson, Trubisky, and Montgomery, and that's it. Yeah, man. If you're going to get me on a tangent, I'm all about, like, I want, Mah- if I'm a fan of a team, I want Mahomes as my quarterback. Or I want Haskins at my quarterback. I want the worst quarterback. I want the best quarterback. I don't want the quarterback number 18. He's just good enough that we're not going to replace him. And he's, we'll see, you know, I want the guy that's so terrible. We have to draft somebody and start all over again. Or I want the best quarterback in the league. And that's that. Like it's, it's like the NBA when you have like the playoff team, number seven, playoff team, number eight, playoff team, number nine, like right in the fringe. Like you're, you're too good to get a great lottery pick and you're too terrible to do anything in the NBA, but all right, there's my little, uh, so oh, I mean, if you're going to go worst, just gra- trade for Donald. They're not going to want him after this year when they get a quarterback. <laughs> uh, I'd rather have Donald as a project than Trubisky. We know what Trubisky is. There's nothing yeah. left to hide. It's been a five game schedule. That's it. It's simple. Yeah. He's the, like at best, like the 15th best quarterback is kind of the point I'm making. And then you, you're not going anywhere with that in the NFL in uh, 2020. All right. If you have any thoughts on that, Reeves, by all means, go for it. But t- tell us, is there anything else in the bears that's interesting besides, you know, the two main pieces? <laughs> is Reeves with, is he still here? Yeah. He's not just not answering. Cause he knows. Oh, he's shaking his head. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I should be watching the video. It's an amateur move on my part. I apologize, but yeah, just give me the now wave. I suppose Cole commit is I, I was trying to make Cole commit season happen a couple times. It hasn't happened. Jimmy Graham is still siphoning those touchdowns and good for him. I guess he had a walk-in touchdown that the biscuit missed him on uh, last, last week, but you just look at, I mean, what all these, all this opportunities had, and there's just no production to go with it. He's out there. Um, he is getting targets too. So it's not just like he's, you know, he's not just exercising, but uh, what he's had 70% or more of the snaps the past five weeks, the six weeks and his 123 total yards, not a lot of juice there, even for a tight end. Uh, so, yeah. Oh, well, uh, what do you have for us as far as game three, Atlanta, at Tampa, Tampa is a six and a half point favorite here. 50, as far as the total, uh, well, rebar uh, start, start with this because uh, well, Atlanta, I'm not as enthused about this one. And, and to be fair, like we struggled to pick a third game. So this is like the, we said two and a half games. This is the half a game. And then we'll branch out as far as everything else. But <clears throat> Atlanta, Tampa, where do you want to start? Well, I mean, this team's just what played a shootout two weeks ago uh, that kind of went bonkers in the fourth quarter. Uh, Matt Ryan, you know, kind of got back on the fence and we saw him roll it over last week. I mean, he wasn't like super exciting, but 20 more fantasy points for Matt Ryan last week. Uh, we've talked about this Bucks defense kind of at nauseum over the back half of the season has been beatable through the air. Uh, you know, the Lions couldn't do anything, but you know, what are we, what are we counting on the Lions to do at this point? Uh, Bruce Arians has already said they're going to go all out. Uh, you know, Captain he's never Tim lied Carlson. before. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that they're, they're going to go out and win this game. Well, the thing is, is if they hold their spot, they play the winner of the NFC East. Yeah. Uh, so like that, that's so, important. I mean, <laughs> so that, that, like that, because what's funny is, you know, we would assume in the AFC, like the two seed would be important because you want to avoid the chiefs. And it seems like neither team even cares. Like they're just, just whatever. I mean, it makes some sense for the Steelers because they haven't had a real buy all season long uh, to why they'd want to, but you know, it seems like the bucks actually do care about this seeding element that they, Hey, if we win, um, we could play the Cowboys or the football team you know, and maybe even the Giants, uh, you know, in the first round, which seems pretty intoxicating, you know, if you want to pursue that. Uh, So, I mean, Brady's been awesome, man. Brady's been really good. He's, he's thrown multiple touchdowns in six straight games. He's been a QB one score, six of his past nine. Uh, We've seen him light up the Falcons in the back half. The Falcons have kind of gone back and forth where it looks like they play good defense. Then they just give up huge plays again. Their corners are still bad. They can still be beat by good wide receivers. Uh, Mike Evans is 40 yards short now after the two monster games. He's had back-to-back 100-yard games, and he's now 40 yards shy of 1,000 yards. That is very important, I believe, for them to get him there. He'll be the first player in NFL history to start his career with seven straight 1,000-yard receiving oh, wow. seasons. 
so, I mean, I think that's important for him to get. And it looked like it was dead, you know, a month ago. Like, there was no shot. And, you know, he's gone. He's basically put up 300 yards the past two weeks to kind of get in position. Uh, and then on the other side, it's just really easy, man. We know who to play. I mean, it's – you just keep playing Calvin Ridley. Like Really, it, that's it, right? I mean, I guess yeah, you can play a pinch of gauge. He's I got suppose, an outside but... chance now with, you know – uh, with Kelsey not probably looking like he's going to play. Diggs looks like he probably won't play a complete game if he does start. Uh, I mean, Calvin really has a shot to win the receiving title, uh, you know, in yardage. It's, it could come down between him and DeAndre Hopkins, who faces, you know, the Rams, who only had 52 yards against the first time they played and don't give up a lot of production wide receivers. So Ridley has a, a chance to backdoor the, the receiving yardage crown. And what, he's got four straight 100-yard games. He has 90 yards or a touchdown and 12 of his 14 games played already this season. And in the six games, Julio Jones hasn't played. He's seen 11.2 targets per game. Uh, so, I mean, it, it's pretty easy to run it back just with Ridley. Uh, and then, you know, if you just want to play Brady, obviously it's always tough to stack because uh, it's tough to run on the Falcons as well. Uh, even though Leonard Fournette two weeks ago in the spot, they did have the two rushing touchdowns The kind of, he sucked out with those touchdowns. Uh, but Brady could have had what five passing touchdowns in that game. If those two guys don't get tackled at the one yard line. I still can't believe they like it's, it was the right call. I can't believe they had the wherewithal to bench him at halftime though. Most teams would yeah. put him into the fourth quarter and then call it then. And Arian just sat this dude after three forty and three T it's like, yes, that's, that was the right call. Like that was the correct move. And he was the QB one until Josh Allen played <laughs> for the week. In a half. That that could happen again this week, by the way, I would assume. That, that's certainly in play, too, you know, with the, the playoffs around the quarter and Tom Brady, 42, 43 years old. Uh, did you have anything on that, Dago, as far? I mean, I, I love the Week 17, like, narrative street, and like also for financial bonuses and things like that, too. And you know these guys are in their quarterbacks a year. Uh, and, you know, as far as getting records, I know we talked about the Travis Kelsey thing. Uh, that's not going to happen because he's not playing, and I think he's falling behind anyway. I'm pretty sure I saw what Herbert – uh, he does have the rookie quarterback touchdown record, but I'm sure he'd love to extend it against a Kansas City team that's going to be, uh, you know, benching some players. I imagine some defensively as well, too. They are three-point favorites there on KC. Uh, do we know that just yet as far as a Wednesday night, or is that something we dig into later? Uh, something to dig into later, but for the Bucks, it is easy. Even for the Saturday slate, it was really easy. I think we talked about it last week, how the money looks go to two players, Gronkowski and Evans. And Antonio Brown and Chris Godwin both collected their first end zone target of the last six-week stretch that Antonio Brown signed with the team. And that was in a game that was out of hand by the second quarter. Like, it doesn't matter. We know they're not going to get the targets we want to chase, whereas it's Mike Evans and Gronkowski going to do that every single week. So, again, uh, for if it's a high team total, as it is right now, and continues increasing, we know the guys you want to stack on offense. I will say that with Ronald Jones back, it's interesting because the last time we saw him, Fournette was a healthy scratch. And Fournette had his chance the past two games. And that amounted to 23 carries for 83 yards. Get the hell out of here. You, run, you ran in for three one-score touchdowns. Don't care. Like, we're done with you. It's a one-year deal. You're gone after this year. Ronald Jones is 100 yards shy of 1,000 yards. And both Fournette, oddly enough, and Bruce Arians have mentioned this week that they are aware. Like, they, they think it's actually important to get Jones 1,000 yards to complement his season, even though Arians is the one for 11 weeks basically kept him from us. So I think it's still going to be Ronald Jones' backfield as a whole if you think the Bucks get up early and then just pound the rock moving forward. All right. Do you see some of, all, uh, some of you guys hanging out there on YouTube? What's up, YouTube? Feel free to like, subscribe, turn on the notifications. We may or may not be back, back next week. I don't know. Uh, what I can tell you is you can get the Rotogrunner's content. Sign up for RG Premium. Uh, get yourself $10 off your first month. Now, now you can get uh, a la carte, just one sport, basketball, just starting up a week a weekend. It's been amazing. I'm thoroughly enjoying it. Currently sweating it right now. It's good times. Uh, you can get $10 off your first month for that, or you can get all the sports combined in one package with the exception of NASCAR. Get $10 off that as well, too. Devin just dropped the link in chat for you guys. All right, uh, position by position. Let's go, Rebar, as far as, uh, as far as quarterbacks. Quarterbacks we have not talked about just yet, uh, you know, as far as the you know, three games we focused on. Lamar, Lamar is certainly interesting because, uh, hey, we want guys that are motivated. Lamar, of course, motivated. Awesome matchup there against Cincinnati. Baltimore needs a win to get into the playoffs. That's kind of one of the starting points for me. How about yourself? Yeah, absolutely. Just look at some of these spots where the motivation lies, and Baltimore has been on a heater anyways. 
this past month, the offense is kind of looking like it was kind of last year, you know, and obviously the schedule has helped them out a lot down the stretch here as well. But, you know, Lamar has what four straight games of 20 or more fantasy points, five of his past six, he's gone over 20. Uh, you know, the last time these teams played, remember Lamar picked up like that phantom knee injury, like late in the week and then only ran two times for three yards, like easily like the lowest amount in his career. Definitely think that we will see that, uh, you know, his rushing comeback, he's rushed for 50 plus yards, eight of his past nine games. He has a shot too to become the first quarterback to rush for a thousand yards in back-to-back seasons. He does need like 90 some yards though, which seems probably more on the, the ceiling for ceiling outcomes, especially against this Bengals team. But yeah, I mean, the Bengals, this defense is not going to stop them. I mean, they, they can't stop the run at all. David Johnson, who Dave will talk about earlier, had 112 yards and 12 carries. They had 12, just 12 carries. I mean, they're going to run down their throats, man. It's going to be crazy uh, all game. The, the, the only problem is, is that Dobbins' price keeps going up. But like his ceiling just isn't there for fantasy because one, he's not catching passes and he's just Gus Edwards is just getting too much of the ancillary pie and he deserves it. He's been playing really well. Uh, so, I mean, Dobbins, price has kind of put him in a no fly zone, even though the matchup is great and you can take some shots. I think even if he does score and he scored in five straight games that there's just not uh, a lot of, you know, big ceiling, like is Dobbins a guy can get you 20 plus, like probably not. Uh, and then, you know, on the, one of the other teams I think you can absolutely look to, and you can go full team stack. I know we're talking about quarterbacks and I just do yeah. what I want, but uh, you know, the Colts, <laughs> the Colts in this must win spot against this Jag. We have one last week to just stack dudes against the Jaguars. I mean, this defense is horrendous. It is an absolute joke at this point of the season. We just seen Trubisky just put up 40 plus on them. Uh, the Colts, they, they're one win. The one win the Jaguars have is years against the Colts. You don't think that that bothers the Colts right now, needing one game to get into the playoffs, that they are one, that they are the one team that lost to this, this, this horrendous outfit that's already printing Trevor Lawrence jerseys and sending them to people's homes. Uh, you know, it's, <laughs> is that happening? I, it probably is. No, I don't know. But uh, <laughs> I mean, and you can just pick your flavor here. I mean, Jonathan Taylor, you know, the past five weeks has basically has been as hot as everyone outside of David Montgomery and consistently hot in that that stretch the Jaguars allowed 203 yards from scrimmage deposing backfields over the past five games seven touchdowns to running backs four top eight finishes and then the past nine weeks the average wide receiver one receiving line against the Jaguars is seven and a half catches for 99.6 yards the fewest amount of PPR points one of those wide receiver ones had is 14 and a half PPR points the past six games five different wide receiver ones have had 20 plus PPR points against the Jaguars. They just don't have the bodies to stop anybody on the back end through the air, and they can't stop anybody on the ground at this point. So, I mean, Colts onslaught is definitely in play, just like the Bears was last week. So, so to be clear, you think the onslaught includes, can include Phillip Rivers in like a double mm-hmm. stack? Sure, yeah. Look at this, yeah. ja- look at the quarterback points that are that's, being put up. That, yeah, that. that's what I'm looking at, yeah. Yeah, I mean, the Rivers doesn't run, and you you always have to say, well, where does the ceiling lie with a guy that doesn't run? He's basically, you know, in, any other year, Phillip Rivers might have flirted with actually being a QB1 in fantasy, but you just, if you can't run anymore, like, you're just screwed uh, of delivering those top-end performances. Uh, but, you know, 6K flat, not too bad to try to squeeze on, you know, a 20-plus point game. Yeah, and again, the Colts fully motivated. They got to win and then hope for one of the Dolphins, the Browns, the Ravens, and the Titans to lose. So it's likely. It's likely uh, if they win, they are in the playoffs. Uh, go, what are you having as far as quarterbacks? Just to add to the Lamar Jackson point, it's a good game theory play as well because in a week where we get a bunch of backups that perhaps could add a few rushing yards as well, you have Lamar at the very top of salaries and no one's going to want to pay up for him. So if you can have a build with Lamar and Derrick Henry, for example, that's probably a good way to go, especially because – the past four games with some ball returned from the COVID list, the Ravens have hit on all cylinders. They've averaged at least 6.4 yards per play in every single one of those games. And I believe I pulled this from Rich's compadre, Dan Pizzuto's Monday morning column, which is a terrific one I read every single morning to start the week. And he actually mentioned that Houston allowed – Uh, No, Houston averaged 9.6 yards per play last week against the Bengals, which was the highest in any game in the entire league all year. So now they get a Ravens offense, which is actually better and performing better. So, yeah, Lamar Jackson is just an amazing play. 
The only other one besides the ones we've talked about that I've written down is Justin Herbert. If only because we've seen him against the Chiefs. He threw 33 times and still pasted him for 9.4 yards per tent in his debut that even he didn't know he was going to have until 15 minutes prior to kickoff. And then, of course, Anthony Lynn is still playing for his job. So why wouldn't you lean on uh, Justin Herbert? Having said that, I will say that no one wants to hear this. I'll whisper it, but Anthony Lynn is coming back. It's guaranteed already. Oh. Uh, he's, he's won four consecutive one-score games. Like, we know those things regress, and it's happened now. That's the last gift of 2020 is bringing Anthony Lynn back for us. So he's going to be back, but still, Justin Herbert has something left to play for. Rookie of the year as well. The uh, Godfather to uh, be an exception, but the sequel is barely as good as the original. So I'm already looking forward to 2021 uh, Charger. Like, that's going to be fun for sure. Um who else as far as quarterbacks are kind of so Murray like Murray's got to be like worth I mean he says he's fine he said you know and obviously we know the ceiling with him he's a quarterback with legs and who may get neglected to some extent that's a 40 and a half total for what it's worth but maybe the Rams are super inefficient on offense not only without uh you know uh, they're starting the Wolf of Wall Street but uh you know Cooper Cup is out as well so that offense just can be completely defunct and maybe Arizona you know turns them over a couple times you get some free cheapy touchdowns for, for Murray for what it's worth again total super super low and they're barely even favored, but uh, I think it's kind of interesting as the upside, at least. Um, is there anything else here to hit as far as quarterbacks, or shall we talk about running backs? I think it's running backs, right? Let's do it. All right. Uh, Rebar, start us off as far as some RBs. Yes, we talked about Henry already. Uh, besides Henry, who else are we looking at? I don't think I will be one of the guys going to the Ty Johnson, Rod Smith, Viking, yeah. whatever Vikings guy. I don't think that those guys, because I think there's some stars that actually I think have some motivation and are, are going to have some, are in some good spots. Well, I think Melvin Gordon is a good play again. I got on him last week. It just didn't happen. I know a lot of people did too as well. I mean, still was fine. I mean, 16 of 24 backfield touches, 79 yards, just didn't get there uh, in the end zone, but he's actually been playing really good. He's averaging 6.2 yards per carry over the past four games. Raiders can be run on. We've seen, you know, the production they gave to Miles Gaskin last week. That game has a little bit of intrigue too. That game could could go over as well if Drew Locke just does anything. Um, he threw four interceptions the first time they played the Raiders though. So, I mean, if you <laughs> want to go back to that well, but this Raiders defense is bleeding out too. They're another team that's just bleeding out to end the season. They just don't have a lot of healthy bodies. On the other side of that game too, Josh Jacobs is knocking on the door of a thousand yards. Uh, Denver can be run on. Uh, DeAndre Swift is in a good spot. I think if he gets the workload, I don't, that's one you might have to just be kind of skeptical on, but it's why been there he? for him. What's that? Why would he like, why would they run him into the ground week 17? Well, they've been. He, I mean, look at the, he's handled the, what three, the, the past three games, 44, 64 backfield touches. Uh, he's got, he's got catch equity. He's got at least three catches in 11 of his 12 games played. I he was in the second half you. last week. I agree with you. I agree yeah. with what you're saying, but yeah. and it hasn't happened yet. And maybe it happens week 17 and maybe they just run Edgar and Peterson again. Well, the one thing you have to think about with these guys though, like Raheem Morris and Romeo Cornell and Daryl Bevel is like, it's an audition for these guys too. Yeah. Those guys aren't going to be back anywhere. Like they're not going to be back with those teams. So they at least want to say, Hey, you know, I did this, you know, I put this out there. They're trying to get jobs too. So, I mean, they're from a coaching standpoint, those guys are, they have no incentive to bench dudes. Like, you know, unless a guy is hurt, like Stafford has no business playing after no. what he's gone through the past month. Like that dude has no business playing. But he wants to. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Oh, he always I mean, wants to play. I mean, yeah. I, mean, I agree different. with you though on the premise of like, yeah, let's just shut him down I, and just give the ball to Adrian Peterson fifty times and shut the door. Let's do that. I totally agree. By, with the by premise. the way, uh, <laughs> next, imagine like the Lions' offense perhaps next year. What happens? Like Kenny Galladay free agency, Marvin Jones free agency, um, Daryl Bevel out the way, Matthew Stafford maybe trying to go to a team that he knows can compete in his twilight years like yeah that that team could be an even bigger disaster bring in aaron jones uh there you go that, that'll make the that probably <laughs> doesn't make a lot of sense no uh so yeah no mike davis this week uh, i hope you guys are sitting down no christian mccaffrey again is I, i'm not sure that's is that official it's official sure let's make it official i think it's official doesn't matter he's it's not official. playing yeah uh do we care about that carolina backfield and also uh, Dalvin Cook, uh, off tragedy in his life. His father died. That's terrible. He's not going to be playing. Uh, Madison, I see, is questionable as well, too. Like, are we – I mean, do we dig? He now, did come back today. Okay, so we, we, do we expect – so is Madison going to get – again, we don't know these things, and especially on a Wednesday. Couldn't we guess that Madison gets the, the brunt of it? Is it going to be a mix of Abdullah, uh, a boon? How does that work? Do we know just yet, or it's just like wait for some information? And Madison get. is actually like outside of Melvin Gordon, who Reeves already mentioned, one of the primary running backs I've written. 
uh, here because his last spot start looked scary. He played only 48% of the snaps. But remember, like, they, they were game scripted out. They were down 20-0 at the half. The Falcons rolled them. And even so, Madison still handled nine of 10 backfield touches in the first half and of 11 of 16 overall in the game. So as long as it doesn't happen where the Lions get ahead and we do not expect that at all, then it's likely a Madison game. Having said that, you know, we'll probably talk about him here in a second, but Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen are still amazing plays. Like that shouldn't deter you from playing those guys. I just still think this is an offense that wants to run the ball, even in going away without Dalvin Cook and Madison will be the player they lean on. Yeah, I guess it's a wait and see as far as the Rams. Henderson is the on IR, but Brown and Akers are both, they both currently have Q tags. Uh, Akers isn't going to play. Yeah, it's probably, Brown and, it's probably Brown and Xavier Jones. Like that's their backfield. Okay, so Brown at 4.3K on DK. You're saying that that's going to be pretty interesting. Assuming Well, it's, it's still the Wolf of Walford Street or whatever, so I don't know. <laughs> I think he, out of all those guys that we talked about, though, like he probably, I think, is the one guy, based on what we know what they're going to do. They're going to run a lot of play action. They're going to run a lot of boot stuff. Like, And they ran down the – they just ran down the throats of the Cardinals last time they played, too. Uh, he would be the one guy I think is the most interesting. I was like, I'm not playing Rodney Smith. Uh, that dude played like nine years of college football. Uh, <laughs> Ty Johnson, we've done this before too. I guess if you want to do Ty Johnson, I wouldn't push back on that one the most, especially on DK because we know he can catch passes and the Patriots are just really bad against the run. And we know that Gase is going to just, no matter what the score is, keep giving the ball to running backs. So, I mean, he, I could agree, get with him too um, as well. But uh, yeah, I think Brown is pretty interesting out of those guys. And then, I mean, listen, we can just keep playing the, the backup that is really good and Jeff Wilson, and you kind of, you know, hope that, you know, they can hang around the game in that game. I still think like Seattle be, could be a team that doesn't play anyone full in the game. They can technically get the one seed, but it's like the probability is like sub 5% through like ESPN's model. Uh, so it could be something in game where they are scoreboard watching or they're just ahead and say, yeah, we're going to kind of pull the plug on this. We're not going to, it's not falling our way to get the one seed and we're, we're stuck at the three spot, but two games where he most has missed and Jeff Wilson has played, uh, he's been, he's been a monster, like literally 32 fantasy points and 27.4 fantasy points in those two games. Uh, Kittle's back and helped the run game. Uh, they don't have any wide receivers healthy left. Uh, so, I mean, I mean, Jeff, we just keep playing Jeff Wilson if you want. What about Kamara uh, as far as the New Orleans motivation, uh, you know, coming out the six touchdown game should have been seven if it wasn't for the love for Tyson uh, to mm. Taysom Hill, obviously, but uh, you know, I think people are going to play again Wednesday night. Who knows? It's hard to gauge, but I think people are going to go to Henry before they go to Kamara. If you only have one big spend at running back, Dale, you have any thoughts as far as Alvin? Not really, but I also have the stigma to where when a player is like really good, I immediately like eliminate them from my pool, um, which is probably an issue. But I, I still think Derrick Henry is the superior play on both sides. Honestly, not really any thoughts on Kamara to be honest. I mean, they need the Packers to lose to the Bears in order to move up, right? And that's probably not going to happen. I suppose that's certainly in play. Uh, but again, I mean, th these things, goofy things do happen just because, you know, motivation, yada, yada, the mm -hmm. obvious things don't necessarily happen, especially in the NFL. Um, I, that was not a big sales pitch at all. Do, do you have anything there, Rebar, as far as Kamara? Is he going to be Oh, man, I feel uh, – I don't know if anyone really even played him because of the way he played before, just kind of injury. But, you know, imagine having Drew Brees last week. This guy throws for 311 <laughs> yards, averages 12 yards per pass attempt, and is like the QB 30. <laughs> because <laughs> they have seven rushing touchdowns like imagine me telling you this guy's gonna go throw for 12 yards for pass snap he's got 300 yards and his team's gonna score 50 points and this dude's hey, the qb 30 did like, you see uh, <laughs> uh drew Brees's son drew Brees's kid uh won his fantasy football league i presume because he doesn't have drew Brees. his dad uh <laughs> alvin kamara won him his league yeah i saw a tweet like alvin kamara basically won the league for him that's so, awesome. Uh, I mean, he should have had seven too. Like you guys said, he should have had seven, but I mean, what a, just what a amount of variance swung into that direction. I mean, Drew Brees was incredible in that game. Yeah. And, even Drew Brees' <laughs> kid knows that Drew Brees is a, uh, you know, dust. Uh, hey, <laughs> speaking of dust, is that it for Frank Gore? He, he's done, right? Does he come back at eight 38? Does he, does that, does that happen? Sure. It was a hell of a run for, I mean, totally serious. There, there, run. there are rumors. He's at 16,000 yards right now. He's, uh, on the seventh, button, like literally on yeah. the button. 
So I think he's like, what, 767 shy, I believe, of second all time. But I would imagine since his kid is eligible in 2023 to come to the league. <laughs> and, th- and you think it's a joke. You think it's a joke, but it's Frank Gore. It's like Bronny and LeBron. I, I genuinely think he hangs around for a couple of years, honestly. Wow. Oh, what Does this kid play running back or is he a different position? Yeah, yeah he, plays he plays running back. back. Okay. Wow. That's wild. Frank Gore Jr.? That's his name. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I'm just, I was just throwing that's actually his name. Yeah. 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 Uh, wow. That, that's uh, that whenever is... we get Dean nine Oh eight seven four junior or whatever, let me know. <laughs> oh man. I feel old man. When Frank Gore's kid is in the league. Uh, is that it for running back? Let's talk about receiver. We kind of touched on him so far in passing, but they go fire some, uh, some receivers that are popping for you. Yeah. We talked about Justin Jefferson already. I think the Vikings pass attack is another tremendous way to go if you're trying to get off Madison. Now, you shouldn't get off Madison basically at stone minimum on FanDuel. You should just play him. But if you want to go double stack Kirk Cousins or even Kirk Cousins and Justin Jefferson and then hang around with a uh, Marvin Jones run back, okay, that's cool because not many people are probably going to play Marvin Jones after he laid that dud last week. But I still think he's he a tremendous play as well. So Justin Jefferson, who's 42 yards shy of 1,000, is a good one and a good milestone to chase. Uh, DK Metcalf, I mean, we know the ball is not going to Tyler Lockett. We know that. Of course, it comes down to Seattle's motivation now. Um, if you think DK Metcalf only plays a half, of course, you're staying away. But if we think they're trying to play to win, to jostle seeding here, depending on what the Packers do, then yeah, maybe. Um, you know, six targets in his last four games, eight and three of his last four. He's used to been the superior player down the stretch as Lockett has still continued to shy away. And then T.Y. Hilton, if you want another alternative or just a, a second option with that Colts stack, uh, I know he only got three targets, I believe, last week, but it was still a 24% target share. Um, and same go, I think you can double stack Rivers, Jonathan Taylor, and Frank, Go- and and not Frank Gore, T.Y. Hilton, if that's a route you want to take. Because um, even Taylor, not to go on a quick tangent, but I'm going to, like, remember, he had 14 carries, 70 yards, and two touchdowns in the first half, and then Frank Reich dropped the ball in the second half and only gave him four touches the rest of the way, despite having a three-score lead. So I think they try to make amends and also get tailored a thousand yards, but both him and T.Y. Hilton can still benefit in the same game as we've seen time and time again, down the stretch. Uh, the Seahawks, as far as their motivation, let's see uh, between one and three, depending on how, how things sort of fall. Uh, they, in order to get the one seed, they need, but the Packers and the saints to lose, that's probably not going to happen. They can get the two if they win and the saints lose just sort of throwing it out there. Uh, but uh, hey, you know, it's worth mentioning here. Uh, the Giants and the Cowboys are going to be both fully motivated to win this game. We, they don't know if, if they win. Well, we'll see what happens on Sunday Night Football, right? But this is two teams, two terrible teams. This feels like a Week 17 shining. And, of course, it comes down to this because of the NFC East. Uh, are we doing a disservice here, Reeves? By just a complete, we have not mentioned anybody in this game. Well, there, you know, is have you watched the Giants game, Dean? Dean, have yeah. you watched the Giants play football? I, I watch, They pop up on red zone sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> do, do they do they i, I mean I, they're not defensively defensively they do <laughs> i mean this offense this giants offense man yeah man, it's 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 a it's a nightmare i mean it, you know hey it's the cowboys defense you know anything can happen but i mean uh the, the problem is as we've seen it like you like daniel jones has to be running i mean and we've seen it he came back again last week and what happened he didn't run again yeah so, i mean how healthy is he if he's not using his legs he offers nothing because we are we're relying on his passing acumen, which is very suspect to begin with. Uh, you know, even before while he was running, for, he was averaging five yards or five carries per game for 37 rushing yards per game. That's what a passing touchdown a game he was averaging rushing. You take that off of a guy who's what he's thrown more than one passing touchdown just three times this season. And yeah. he hasn't thrown more than two passing touchdowns any game this season. So when you take a passing touchdown away from him, which is what he was giving you on the ground. Like that hurts. It hurts. I mean, even when these, he played the Cowboys when they were at their just apex of awful and didn't throw a passing touchdown. Like when the Cowboys were by and large, like running, trending to be one of the worst defenses in NFL history and didn't throw a touchdown in that game. Uh, so, I mean, it's, it's tough. It's tough. To, I mean, the, the Cowboys have been playing really well the, the past month in, in Cowboy sense. I mean, they beat the 49ers and the Bengals and the Eagles. Uh, so, I mean, whatever you want to throw that for, but I mean, I, I don't, just don't know, man, what, how are the giants? I think Darius Slayton is an interesting guy. Like if you were to go down the road, he's getting a bunch of targets the past three weeks, what eight, nine, eight, the past three weeks. So those can turn into something against the Cowboys. Uh, they will give up big plays. They allowed the, they still have the most points per target to wide receivers, the highest touchdown rate. Um, 
But there's, I mean, it's it's a stretch though. It's a stretch. I was going to um, say uh, sometimes the the chat gives us the business and appropriately so for focusing too much on DK as opposed to Fandle. Uh, Slayton's five K on Fandle. Shepard's five five on Fandle. Like those guys can kind of sort of somewhat help you over there. Again, depending on we don't know what it's going to look like as far as how, how tight it Slayton. Yeah, I mean those are reasonable prices. Uh, again, not enthused to roster those guys, but also they do have proper motivation. And you're not rostering because you like them necessarily. You're rostering because you get the guys you actually can like because hey. There's a salary cap that exists. What do you have for me there, uh, John? You were going to say. Uh, that's a terrific question. Oh, Daniel Jones. Um, the past two weeks, to Rich's point, uh, 12 sacks taken, three fumbles, and 56% of his passes completed because he's been a statue. Um, and he even said, like, if you can't run, he told media today, if you can't run, he's going to be a pocket passer. And I was like, well, uh, that means I need to be a Cowboys better because you a pocket passer. It's <laughs> not, not really well. So, yeah, um, it's interesting. Of course, like the Cowboys have played better, but it's also been schedule induced, even though last week it's very clear they were told to sit on Jalen Hurts and Jalen Hurts still paced him for 410 yards. So it's not like they did that great a job, but. Yeah, uh, Daniel Jones at least practiced in full today, so that makes it a little bit interesting. Having said that, I know the Bucks would prefer to play the Giants. The Bucks don't want to play the Cowboys' offense, so that is at least a, a little a little something there. How much do we factor in? Uh, it's hard to predict this stuff, obviously, but scoreboard watching, like the NFL does a pretty good job of like the games that matter to you are being played at the same time. But uh, I know Buffalo was mentioned in passing, and somebody was talking about, I think it was uh, Reeves, you were saying, like, we don't think Diggs might – he might not play the entire game, and why is that? Well, the only way they can benefit this week is if Pittsburgh somehow wins. And Pittsburgh is – their quarterback is Mason Rudolph, which may or may not be an upgrade, depending on. Uh, But still, they're they're 10-point dogs here to Cleveland. And Cleveland, again, a team that's fully motivated as well. Uh, So what happens there, Reeves? Like, say Cleveland has beaten the Steelers by three or four touchdowns or – whatever, beating them big, handily, third, fourth quarter, start of the fourth. Does Buff- Buffalo knows this? They have internet access. They, they can tell, you know, uh, what's going on there in Cleveland. Do they just all, they just sit everybody, right? Is that, is that what we're thinking happens? We might get some information as the week goes on. McDermott did, they sat guys. I mean, Josh Allen, what, played seven snaps in week 17 last year before they rested him. Uh, the only narrative I can spin is that just the bills have been so hot. Maybe he doesn't want to break up the momentum they have, but with the Steelers already tipping their hand that they want to rest guys, because like I said, they haven't even had a real buy their official bye week. They practiced the entire week. because the game got moved. So like they want to rest some guys at this point. Uh, and with them already tipping their hand, I think the bills will end up following suit in game. Uh, and that line has already shrunk. It opened at like five and a half in the Bills' favor. It's already down to one and a half, I believe, already. And that's without McDermott even kind of confirming, although he said that he does already kind of know what they're going to do. Um, but like I said, read the tea leaves last year. They, they sat guys after they started. I think we'll probably see something similar in that, uh, you know, in this outcome as well, which makes it uh, interesting because, you know, a lot of teams are kind of counting on the Bills to show up. You know, uh, well, a lot of teams need the Browns or Dolphins to lose. And neither one of their opponents really seem like they're going to really kind of push anything on them, you know, with it only being the one, you know, there's only one buy to get, none of them have it. Seating doesn't matter to those guys because it's all up in the air behind them. Um, I think it makes Gabriel Davis really interesting because we know Cole Beasley isn't going to play regardless. And it, they already brought in Kenny Stills to kind of signal how ominous that injury could be. They called it week to week. Uh, why would they play John Brown? Uh, you know, at this point, no he reason. Play, you know, there's no reason. So I think we'll see a lot of Gabriel Davis regardless uh, in this game because uh, he's going to either probably start like he's been, and then you know if Diggs goes out, if Diggs plays a couple drives, or they try to set a couple records because I think Josh Allen needs just like some yardage or something to set a Bills record. Uh, you know, if they Gabriel Davis is probably a guy that's going to play the whole game. And we know that he's got some upside whether, I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a tough spot though. Cause you're talking about Matt Barkley versus this dolphin secondary. Uh, but you know, just chase the targets and hope for it. Uh, we know that what we Keenan Allen's already out. So we'll see the same thing we saw uh, with what's going on. You know, I thought it was weird that people went to Tyron Johnson again, when it was, you know, it's clear that Jalen Guyton's played over him the whole season uh, and then with Keenan Allen being, being out the week before, it was Jalen Guyton who ran in the slot, Keenan Allen's position. So with Keenan Allen being out last week, I, I thought it was weird that people were going right back to him. And then Big Mike anyways was healthy, and Big yeah. Mike got his 10 targets. Any Big Mike does, he dropped a touchdown and caught an interception. Uh, you know, uh, <laughs> But, mm. you know, hey, I think Big Mike is in play as well. Uh, I think Jerry Judy, who 
who had the worst game I've ever seen a wide receiver play last yep. week uh, <laughs> is in play. This, the Raiders secondary is just, a, it's atrocious. That you've got 15 targets. You want to know why he got 15 targets through five drops? Because he just kept getting open. Like you don't get to keep dropping passes like Deontay Johnson. You yeah. don't get to keep dropping passes unless, hey man, this dude's wide open. I have to throw it. It's the right read. What, what happens after this? Uh, but we were blaming, blaming Drew Locke the whole year because of his catchable target rate. That one last week was on old Double J there. Uh, it was the roughest game I've seen a guy play uh, <laughs> a wide receiver uh, in quite some time. I will say like if McDermott watched any amount of Mason Rudolph last year, he would just bench the bills. Like he knows. <laughs> He knows this thing is over. How many sacks does Miles Garrett get in that game? Oh, oh my. I forgot about that. Yeah, I I slept on that narrative. Oh, man, it's – yeah, it's for sure going to happen. I'm terrified. I assume that the Steelers are going to be resting some of these linemen as well. Uh Uh, Maybe not either their tackles, but, like, they got some old linemen, you know, and DeCastro and Pouncey, some guy – Villanueva, some guys who have some miles on them. And like I said, they're – they have not had a lot of time off. I, I just uh, really hope that the Browns like do this. Like I'm, I'm worried and there's no reason to be worried if only because they're the Browns and have history against them. But man, if you can't do this, I don't know what to tell you, buddy. Like you got to get in here. You got to yeah. do it. We, uh, we don't talk defense on this show very often, but Cleveland defense. Yeah. <laughs> against Mason Rudolph and oh, whatever yeah. sort of offensive lines that's going to be trying to protect him. Uh, hey, we made the baseball reference earlier, John. Uh, what inning does uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick come in to win this game for the Dolphins? It's always the ninth. He's yeah. uh, he's the John Smoltz. Well, before John Smoltz was a starter. He was there the you go. There you go. Yeah. Um, I, I know very little baseball references, but that, at least I know that. That worked. You know, yeah. If, if you take the back half of his career, he turned himself into an elite, uh, elite closer. Hey, speaking of closing, we have to close strong with tight ends. Uh, what do you have for me there, John? Uh, really just, well, a couple Irv Smith, of course, still ran 40 routes on Kirk Cousins, 47 dropbacks. Again, if you're looking to pivot off Alex and Madison on DK, at least where he's priced up, then Irv Smith is a tremendous option. Kyle Rudolph already ruled out. And so Irv Smith will be on the field practically all, for every single snap. Also, if you're looking to pay up, I don't think you have to go to Darren Waller, like George Kittle's right there without Brandon Ayuk or Debo Samuel. Again, we already know that. And Raheem Mostert. And even though he played a season low in snaps, uh, Kittle last week, and only ran 16 routes, he still had a team high in target share and a team high air yard share. So we know he's going to get pelted with targets this game. Um, they're still going to play their guys despite having nothing to play for. Uh, and if whether the Seahawks rest their starters or not, like he's still a tremendous option. That's the one that scares me, Sam. Like Kittle, uh, what is his motivation? But he's also uh, Kittle. I know he's a big wrestling fan, and like the wrestler mentality. Like you know, you you tear you you, you break your collarbone in like the first minute or so. You're gonna finish that match. Like he's just a kid. Like Gronk is like 43 years old now. Here schooling guys. Like Kittle's just a kid, dude. If he's on the field, it's a hundred percent go. Oh man, Rebar, you have any tight ends that are worth talking about here on a Wednesday night? I mean. Uh, this i mean this position all year has just been i mean because everyone's just literally done one thing they've either played kelsey or waller or they've just given up and it's literally you lay down or you play on those top guys andrews is obviously a great play uh you know if you want to get him he's absolutely crushed the Bengals too uh over the course of his career especially with lamar as a starter uh he's been hot too he's like kind of bounced back after that slow start like a lot of the ravens have um but I mean, it's it's literally it's been play play a top guy or just go to and play a bottom bottom rung option. Uh, who do we have uh, as options on the bottom rung this week? Ingram is three uh, seven on DK in a game where he's fully yeah, motivated. I, 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 I like that. I don't know if he's gonna play. That's the thing. It sounds very skeptical. Now, of course, the game matters, so maybe yeah. they squeeze him in there. Irv but, is uh, still Irv is four K. What? Yeah. Three nine. Yeah. Uh, they already ruled Rudolph out. Uh, you can go there. Fant? Fant, uh, Fant, is, the... Fant is fine, but he's like a, only a PPR player. Like he's not playable on FanDuel, I don't really think. He's really – because you just look at him, he's all PPR. Uh, one touchdown since week two, but he'll get you like seven for 45. Uh, you know, that's kind of like where, where he's been living. Uh, good matchup, though. Like I said, we almost talked about that game. That was almost another game. That game, like I said, could be kind of a sneaky shootout too as well. But uh, I think it's tight end, man. I don't I'm done with this. This was a this was a blast, guys. I don't know if this is it. We may be back next week. We may not. There are six games. This show is called the NFL Pick Six Show. I mean, Cam, Cal, do your thing. Bring us yeah, back. Six. Dan, <laughs> hit the email up. You got it. <laughs> 
but if, if this is the end, I, I, I had a great time. I had a blast. I want to thank everybody for watching. Hit the like button, subscribe button there on YouTube. We do appreciate it. But uh, I also want to thank you guys, like two of the sharpest guys in the business. Uh, welcome me on the show. I was not the host of the show, the you know, start of the year. And you guys, uh, open arms. And uh, as like I was a part of the team from the start. And I very much appreciate it. And I respect you guys thoroughly. So uh, thank you for welcoming to the show. Uh, John, uh, tell the people where they can find you. I mean, come on. It's week 17. If you don't know where you can find John at this point, whatever. But there's one guy. There's one person out there that found the stream in week 17. Like, what is this DFS? That he's done with the season long or something like that. Tell him where he can find you. And uh, I mean, you do the same thing. Honestly, I may be able to, I may be the one person in the industry who they can't find since this is like the seventh different room I've recorded in this season. I can't find myself. <laughs> uh, but nonetheless, at Not Jay Daigle on Twitter, rotoworld.com. And of course, the Roto World Football Podcast, NBC's number one podcast for the last four years under the entire branch. RIP, wow. good friend Josh Norris, who's going to do much better things. And I'm very happy for him. But nonetheless, Dean, you are the real MVP. You're the one who got asked to show up with two guys like Reeves and John Daigle. And you just came out firing. They gave you scripts and reads that we did not expect the last five to 10 <laughs> minutes. And yet you still delivered, not even expecting to be on the show halfway through the year. No chemistry at all. And yet I still think we clicked throughout the year. So I appreciate you coming in and just being open to whatever we we had to deliver so thank you all thank you uh i, I just feel bad retroactively that i missed your popcorn i was not watching the screen when you're eating your popcorn <laughs> we gotta work on your program monitor next year That's yeah i resolutions know, i need a third monitor i think is what's going on here apparently i don't uh, delegate that appropriately but all right uh rewar close us out sharpfootballanalysis.com uh everything from this point on uh it's, well when the playoffs start we'll just be open and free that i do all the playoff worksheets so if you want to read stuff like that uh i submitted the last worksheet today it's up you can check that out uh i did from this year over 400 fantasy articles uh hmm. so let's hope i do less in 2021 <laughs> <laughs> oh man that's that's just wild man congratulations on that another year down again we may be back next week keep an eye on out for that uh, this is our goodbyes though like if we're back next week we're just gonna say we're out of here holler enjoy the enjoy the playoffs or whatever we, we gave our swan song out there but uh yeah much appreciate everybody watching out there uh and thank you guys that's uh, rich rebar that's john daigle devin for producing he's the real superstar as well too that's true. doesn't get enough enough love oh yeah uh, r.i.p what, what was the name of the program we used for two weeks oh, <laughs> it's rendezvous. Not, i'll rendezvous. never forget <laughs> it i'll never forget it not have the a dating app. I, I mean, hopefully, dating hopefully, we never have another rendezvous with it. <laughs> that was Rebar. That was Daigle. Thank you, Devin. Thank you, everybody out there watching. I was Dean. Enjoy your football. Maybe we'll be back next week. I don't know. We're out of here. Bowler!